to Genesis chapter 4. That's where we will get started here in a few short moments. Genesis, the fourth chapter. It's really good to see you all this morning. It's great to be with you all. We have many who are here. We have a couple of guests who are visiting with us. We really appreciate you all joining us in worship today as we worship and praise our God in spirit and in truth. Genesis chapter 4. This monster of a man was marked. The man whose offering did not yield. The man whose spirit was callous and ill. The man who saw his own baby brother and rose up and murdered him in the field. This man, this marked man, would live as a fugitive, but he would die in peace. He would wander the earth, but he would never be hurt. This man, this marked man, in spite of his sins, in spite of his shortcomings, in spite of all of the horrible, wicked, awful, ungodly things that he had done, would never be hurt. He would never be harmed. He would never be touched. He would never be attacked. He would never be killed. This man, this marked man, would live in peace. God would extend a tremendous amount of love, grace, and mercy to a monster of a man. And so this morning we ask ourselves the question, who was this man? In Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 1, we learn that this man was the son of his father Adam and the son of his mother Eve. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse number 1, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of of the Lord. Here in this passage, we learn that this marked man was the son of the first man, Adam, and he was the child of the first woman, Eve. His name was Cain. All the way from the very beginning of time, God commanded man and woman to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth. Here in Genesis chapter 4, we see that man and woman, Adam and Eve, fulfilled this command. They obeyed the Lord's command. Eve conceives a child. She names him Cain. The name Cain means life comes from God. This child is born, and Eve praises, she thanks, she lauds, and she glorifies God for his abundant help, his support, and his mercy in this very new, difficult, and painful experience. Who was this man? This man was the son of Adam and Eve. But not only was he a son, this man, this marked man, was the sibling of his youngest brother, Abel. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 2, And again she, Eve, bore his brother Abel. Here in this passage, Adam and Eve have two sons. The first son, the eldest son, is Cain. The second son, the youngest, is Abel. Abel's name means breath. It is a word that is translated vanity. This word vanity means 
emptiness or meaninglessness. It is shown about 38 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. Cain reminds us that life comes from God, and his youngest brother Abel reminds us that life is brief. Here in this passage, we have two sons, two very different sons, two very different men with two very different names who served the Lord in two very different ways. You see, Cain was not only a son, he was not only a sibling, but he was a servant of the Lord. In the latter half of Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 2, the text says, Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a worker of the ground. Cain's youngest brother Abel tended to the flock. Cain tended to the field. Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. Both of these men served the Lord, and their purpose in serving the Lord was to glorify Him. They served the Lord in two very different ways, but they had one single purpose, and that was to glorify and honor God. And I know that because Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 3 says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought to the Lord of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. These men were servants. They served the Lord. Here in this text in verse number 3 and 4, we see that they gave back to the Lord a portion of what they worked for. Cain, this marked man, was a son, he was a sibling, And he was a servant of the Lord. But sadly, not only was he a servant, but he was a sinner. In the latter half of Genesis chapter 4, in verse number 4, the text tells us that the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. We see that both of these men served the Lord and both of these men gave back to the Lord a portion of what they earned. But unfortunately, Cain's offering was rejected. His baby brother Abel's offering was accepted, but his was rejected. And so the natural question that we ask ourselves is, why was Abel's offering accepted and why was Cain's offering rejected? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 4 gives us some insight. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 4, the Hebrew writer tells us that it was by faith that Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. And in the context of Hebrews chapter 11, we learn that those who live by faith are people who listen to the Lord and they are people who obey the Lord. And so here in Genesis chapter 4, Abel's offering was accepted because he listened to the Lord and he obeyed the Lord. Cain's offering was denied because he did not listen to God and he did not obey the Lord. And so the text tells us in the latter half of verse number five that Cain was very angry and his face fell. Verse six, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, you will, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, Sin is crouching at the door. 
Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain is so upset, he is so disturbed, he is so jealous of his youngest brother because his youngest brother's offering was accepted, but his was denied. The Lord says to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you upset? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, if you listen to me, if you obey me, you'll be accepted. But since you did not listen to me, since you did not obey me, your offering was rejected. Get your act together. If you don't get your act together, sin, sin is crouching at the door. And sadly, sadly it was. As the story continues, we see that Cain commits tremendous sins because of his attitude. The text continues to say in Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 10 that the Lord said, we'll back up to verse number 8. Verse 8, Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Sin number one, because he was angry, because his face had fallen, because he did not listen to the Lord, and because he did not obey the Lord, he sins against his brother. He kills his own flesh and blood. The text continues to say in verse number nine, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? Cain responds, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Second sin, God asked Cain, where is your brother? And Cain lies to the Lord. Am I my brother's keeper? God knew exactly where Abel was, but he was asking him this question to get a response from him. He was asking Cain this question so that Cain would confess for the horrible thing that he had done. Because of Cain's anger, because of his hatred, because of his disobedience, He sinned against his brother, and he sinned against the Lord in a tremendous way. And because he sinned, he was shamed. Because he sinned against the Lord and sinned against his brother, he was shamed. The text says in verse number 10, the Lord speaking, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain, because you have sinned against your brother, because you have sinned against me, because you have been angry, because you have been jealous, because you have done all of these horrible, wicked, awful, ungodly things, you will be shamed. You will be cursed. You will be punished. When you work, You're not going to yield anything. And you are going to be a fugitive. You are going to be a wonder. You're going to be a vagabond throughout all of the earth. Everyone is going to try to rise up and kill you. And you will never have peace. You will never have comfort. You will never have security because of your sins. Because of your sins, you will be shamed. Cain cries back to the Lord in verse number 13. My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Lord, Lord, this is more than I can handle. My punishment is greater than I can bear. This is a whole lot, God. 
This is going to be a difficult life. I'm going to be wandering about all of the earth. Men are going to try to rise up and kill me. You have turned against me. The land has turned against me. Man has turned against me. I will be killed. This is more than I can bear. Cain is crying out for help. He's crying out for grace. He's crying out for mercy. He's crying out to the Lord for salvation. He is in desperate need of a Savior. And that's exactly what he found. After the Lord hears his cries, the text says in verse number 15, Then the Lord said to him, Not so! If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch, To Enoch was born his grandson, Irad, and Irad fathered his great-grandson, Mahujalil, and Mahujalil fathered his great-great-grandson, Methuselah, and Methuselah fathered Lamech. Instead of striking him dead, instead of punishing him in a tremendous way, instead of making him be a stranger, a wanderer, a fugitive, and a vagabond upon all of the earth, Instead of making him suffer all alone for the rest of his life, God extended a tremendous, a tremendous, a phenomenal amount of love, grace, and mercy to Cain. Cain was given so much more than he deserved. Instead of being a fugitive and a wanderer, Cain was able to settle in the land of Nod. Instead of being a fugitive and a wanderer, Cain was able to marry a woman. Instead of being a fugitive and a wanderer, Cain was able to build a city. He was able to have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. Cain, in spite of his sins, in spite of all of the horrible, wicked, sinful, ungodly things that he had done, was shown a tremendous amount of love, grace, and mercy from the Lord. He was given so much more than he deserved. This monster of a man. Today is November the 3rd, 2019. And we, just like Cain was, have been given so much more than we deserve. All of us, just like Cain, have been very sinful and extremely rebellious. Tim, I've never killed anyone. I've never taken away someone's life. I've never risen up against my own flesh and blood. I've never attacked my own brother or my sister. I've never done something so heinous and so awful. I'm sure you haven't. I'm certain there's no one here this morning who has committed murder. But we've had hate in our hearts. We've had jealousy in our hearts. We've been bitter 
We've been arrogant. We've been covetous. We've lusted. We have been lazy. We have been greedy. None of us are perfect. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have done things that the Lord has simply said not to do. All of us, every last one of us has sinned. And if we say that we haven't sinned, John tells us in 1 John chapter 1, and verse 8, that we are a liar and the truth is not in us. Therefore, we have sinned. And the more I think about my life, and the more I think about the things that I have done, the more I consider my own sins, I realize that I'm no better than Cain. I realize that just as Cain took a life away from this earth, I too have taken a life away from this earth. I too have murdered someone. I have murdered the Lord. All of us have committed murder because it was my arrogance that brought Jesus from his throne in heaven to this earth. It was my hypocrisy that betrayed him in his darkest hour. It was my anger, it was my bitterness, it was my jealousy that slapped him, that struck him blow after blow after blow after blow until his appearance was so marred that he didn't even look human. It was all of those sinful, wicked, awful, ungodly things that I had done that had my Lord led to a bloody hill right outside of Jerusalem, lifted up on a cross, nailed to that cross with a sign posted above his head to suffer in silence for sins that were not his own. What I have done killed God. And for this reason, I, just as Cain did, deserve to die. I deserve to die. Right now, I deserve to die and go to hell. The Bible tells me in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 that the wages, the consequences of my sins is death. I deserve to go to hell. I'll deserve to go to hell in five years. I'll deserve to go to hell in 10 years. I'll deserve to go to hell if the Lord blesses me to live 80 years. There is absolutely nothing that I can do to not deserve to go to hell. But I'm confident that I won't. Because the Lord doesn't deal with me. He doesn't deal with me according to my iniquities. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 103 that the Lord does not deal with us according to our sins. He doesn't deal with me according to the lies that I have told. He doesn't deal with me according to my hypocrisy. He doesn't deal with me according to my bitterness, my jealousy, my covetousness, my greed. He doesn't deal with me according to my iniquities. The Bible says in Psalm 103 and verse number 8 that we serve a merciful and gracious God who is slow to anger and he is abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. Verse 10, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. Verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, So great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins and our transgressions 
from us. As we look out into the endless expanse of the stars, God's love is beyond the stars. His love is beyond the sky. It is beyond the clouds. It is beyond the stars. It is beyond the sun. It is beyond the moon. It is beyond all of the billions and billions of galaxies in our solar system. God's love stretches beyond the blackness into infinity and beyond. He loves us oh so much that He does not deal with us according to what He has done. And as far as the east is from the west, and that is very far, the east will never touch the west. As far as the east is from the west, so does He remove our sins and our transgressions from us. Cain was a monster of a man. He sinned against his brother and he sinned against God. But in spite of all of the things that Cain had done, God extended a tremendous amount of love, grace, and mercy to him. God did not deal with Cain according to his iniquities. The Lord marked him and Cain was spared from death. Likewise, God loves us so much that in spite of all that we have done, He does not deal with us according to our iniquities. Like Cain, the Lord has marked us so that we would be spared from eternal destruction. We have been marked. All of us who call ourselves Christians have been marked with the blood of Jesus Christ. The Hebrew writer describes the blood of Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 24 as being better than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel cried out condemnation and death. But thanks be to God, the blood of Jesus Christ cries out justification and eternal life. We have been marked by the blood of Jesus. And the way that we are marked by this blood is being plunged into it, connected to it. And we are plunged into the blood of Christ. We are connected to the death of Jesus. We are connected to the cross when we go through the watery grave of baptism. That is how we are marked. That is how we are spared from death. The Apostle Paul makes this point very clear in Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is dealing with a group of Christians who had begun to take advantage advantage of the grace of God. They thought just because the Lord was so merciful, gracious, and kind, they had a free pass to live their lives however they want to. Paul says, this isn't the way you should live. Shall we continue in sin, he says, uh, so that grace may abound. Verse 3, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were what? baptized into his death. Verse 4, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. When we are baptized into Christ Jesus, we are connected with the death, we are connected to the cross, we are connected with the blood. And the text goes on to say in verse number 10, for the death, That Christ died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
There is no way that we will be dead to sin and alive to God. There is no way that we will be free. There is no way that we will have justification and eternal life without being marked. The only way that we can be marked is through the death, through the blood, and through the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we are marked, like Cain, we will be able to live, we will be able to marry, we will be able to thrive, we will be able to have an abundant life in spite of all that we have done. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, you have not been marked. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, you are living your life as Cain should have lived. You are living your life as a wanderer. You are living your life as a fugitive. You are living your life at risk of eternal damnation. If you are not a Christian, that is your life. May that never be. May that not be the case for anyone this morning. Obey the gospel. Hear the message of Jesus Christ. Hear about how there's a man named Jesus who suffered, who died, and who rose so that you could have eternal life. Believe that. If you believe that, then repent and turn away from your sins. Dedicate your life to Christ. Confess his name and have your sins washed away in the watery grave of baptism, rising forth, walking in newness of life as a marked man or woman. If you have any spiritual need that we can help you with this morning, please come to the front while we stand and sing the song of invitation.